swindled. Nothing personal. Word of the day is swindled. The definition of swindled means to use deception to deprive someone of money or possession. Swindled. Today is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. It's been a year. It's been a year since George Floyd got killed, by the way. It's hard to imagine. Has it been a year? Has it been 10 years? Has it been 50 years? Has it been a month? Has everything changed? Has nothing changed? Has something changed? I think there's been change. I just can't believe what a year it's been. Swindled is not about George Floyd. It's not about the NFL. It's not about me. It's about what's going on in Tampa. And this is a topic meant for nothing personal. Here's the story. Have you ever heard of the Tampa Bay Rays? They're a baseball team. They play in St. Petersburg, which is like a sister city, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Dallas, Fort Worth, Tampa, St. Pete. We'd play there. We stay in the Renaissance Vinoy down in downtown St. Petersburg. That's the hotel where there's ghosts. It's right on the water. And then you take a 15-minute bus ride to the Trop. It used to be called the Thunderdome, where the Tampa Bay Devil Rays started playing when they when they were an expansion team. Then they renamed themselves the Tampa Bay Rays, but they still have Devil Rays swimming in a tank. They then called the Tropicana Field because they got a sponsor, Pepsi, which owns Tropicana, by the way. So Tropicana Field is a roofed facility where you can hear thunder. It's very bizarre. That's why they called it the Thunderdome. It is absolutely horrific. And the original owner of the Tampa Bay Rays was a guy named Vince Namoli. Vincent Namoli sold the team to a group led by Stu Sternberg, who's a Wall Street guy. Stu Sternberg brought in a bunch of partners, but kept on Vince Namoli as a little partner as part of the deal because Vince Namoli didn't want to leave ownership. He wanted a little trailing piece, a little relevance. Didn't work out. He died. But his family kept the piece. Stuart Sternberg has been a model owner in terms of meddling. He's the least meddlesome owner of the over 30 owners I've met and dealt with during my time. He hires smart Wall Street guys, and he lets them do their jobs. He hires smart baseball guys. He lets them do their jobs. You've heard me compliment Tampa nonstop. We were always compared to them, always wanted to be them. The only thing we have they don't have is two world championships, of which I was a part of one. So I'd rather be me than them, Stuart and I would spend owners meetings talking about these concepts. We were small revenue team hawks. We were often aligned, though not in the vote for the commissioner, but we were often aligned with the economics of baseball, with how unfair things could be, with the way that big revenue teams would take charge and get benefits that we wouldn't get. But one thing that Stu Sternberg never understood that I did he said, why would you work so hard to get a ballpark in Miami when A, you don't know whether it's going to work and B, you're going to be despised, loathed, hated. Your hands are going to get so dirty. You don't like dirty hands, do you, David? I said, no, I carry sanitizer. Of course, I don't like dirty hands, but I'm not going to pay someone to do what I can do. And of course, it'd be great to move the team to New Jersey or move it to Vegas or move it to Washington back before the Expos had moved there. Of course, all that would be good. 
but the best opportunity we have to increase the value of the team and to win ball games if we're good at what we do in choosing baseball players is to have a new ballpark. And to get a new ballpark, you have to spend years. Stuart Sternberg has spent years trying to get a new ballpark in Tampa or St. Pete, except I would argue, and I told him this directly, so there's no gossip, there's no story here, that he has not done what is necessary to get a ballpark because he is not willing to have any one of his top lieutenants get their hands dirty. They go to meetings, they send letters back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Anyone can do that. You got to block and tackle. You got to be in the community going to every type of church, synagogue, men's group, women's group, any school, meet with commissioners individually, go to Tallahassee, try to get state money, work with the local politicians to cut a deal. It takes years. Stu and I would laugh. He's, he's taller than I am, but not the hugest guy. And I would say, yeah, I was 6'4 when I started doing the stadium deal and I ended up 5'5". Five, five. So then the question came up, how did you do the franchise swap back in 02 when you only spent, when Jeffrey, the owner, only spent $12 million to buy the general partnership of the Expos and a very small percentage of the team? How did you do that? How did you get control of more of the team? And we said it was actually quite simple. We had a partnership agreement. And in that partnership agreement, there, which is agreement that rules, gives you the rules of how a general partner has to deal with his limited partners and what powers the general partner has and what powers he doesn't have and when votes need to be taken with limited partners getting votes. It's, it's like a rule book is what a partnership agreement is. A partnership, or it's a group of people who get together to buy something. You can't have 10 chefs in the kitchen because then your food stinks. Therefore, you have to choose a head chef. A head chef in a kitchen is the same as the general partner of a partnership. The general partner is the one who runs the partnership, makes the decisions on the day-to-day, -day, runs the business of the partnership, and then reports back to the other members of the partnership, here's what's going on, this worked, this didn't work, this I need a vote from you on, whether or not we can change the following. This I don't need a vote, so I've done this, but I'm just letting you know. We have four partnership meetings a year, one a quarter. That's in the rule book. So come to Tampa, we'll have a meeting. That's what a general partner does. When a general partner violates the rule book, the limited partners have the right to seek a judicial remedy. Often it's actually not a judge, it's an arbitration, but they have a right, limited partners, to say, hey, we're partners here, and you as the head chef have made the food stink, and you didn't tell us that you were going to buy truffles every day, and while we don't need to give you permission to buy truffles, having truffled pancakes and truffled fries and truffled omelets, we're going out of business. So we need you to do better as a general partner. And by the way, not only do we need you to do better, we're going to sue you because you're spending all the partnership's money on the truffles. So there are ways that limited partners can check what the general partner is doing. So for the past 10 years, the Tampa Bay Rays have been trying to get a stadium and they're trying to figure out, do they move? Do they not move? They have this flirtation with Montreal. They want to split the season between Tampa and Montreal. 
They're trying to do a deal with Steven Bronfman. Yeah, the former limited partner we had in Montreal, who we moved to Florida. So Steven Bronfman was a part owner of both the Expos and then the Marlins. He was very unhappy when the team moved to Florida. And he commenced an arbitration because he looked at the head chef and said, you never told us you were going to move from Montreal to Florida. And we said, thank you for asking, but we don't have to tell you. Look at the rule book. The rule book says that any limited partner who has 75% of the vote can agree to do anything. And Jeffrey Loria is a limited partner that had more than 75% of the vote by himself. So frankly, he doesn't need to talk to you before he does anything. But thank you so much for asking. And then Stephen Ronfman said, how did you get that many shares? You only invested 12 million. Ah, you got to read the rule book, Stevie. The rule book says that if the partnership needs money, the general partner can ask all partners for money. And if the limited partners say, no, we don't want you to have truffled French toast, we're not giving you the money for the truffles, even though you're allowed to buy truffled French toast, but we're not giving you the money to do it. If you can't get the money from other partners, then I guess you won't have the money to buy truffles for your French toast. Jeffrey Laurie said, I'll put the money in to buy truffles for French toast because I love truffles on my French toast. By the way, when I put money in and you don't, I get to dilute your shares. What? That can't be legal. Read the rules, Stephen. They commenced an arbitration and they got their asses kicked. Why am I talking about Stephen Bronfman? Because guess what? Stephen Bronfman's involved in the Rays now. This ridiculous plan of doing a new stadium in Tampa and playing there in April and May, doing a new stadium in Montreal, playing there in June, July, and August, then coming back to play September and maybe October in Tampa. Split. Let's split the season. Don't worry about the players. I told you the union will never approve it. Are players going to live on the road in Montreal or in Tampa? Do they get a place in both? Are they going to get extra per diem money? Do they treat Tampa like a road team, like a road game? Two ticket sales, two corporate sales, two rights deals, to which Stu Sternberg told his partners, hey, two is bigger than one plus one. The sum will be greater than the parts. All of that sounds great, doesn't it? Operating within the rules, trying to figure out how to save baseball in Tampa because they can't get a new stadium because they haven't been able to negotiate with St. Pete. Horse hockey. They haven't been able to negotiate with St. Pete because they haven't tried to negotiate with St. Pete. No problem. They don't want to be in St. Pete. They want to be in Tampa. Uh-oh. There's another rule they have to play by. A lot of rules when you run a business. The rule in St. Pete, when they got a team and got to play in Tropicana Field, says the following. Dear Stu, or anyone else who's running the Tampa Bay Rays, you may not negotiate with anyone while you are under our roof, while you are a lessee of Tropicana Field. You can't negotiate with anyone to move the team, even if that means to Tampa. Turns out that St. Pete did not give them permission to negotiate anything with Montreal at all. Turns out that Stu Sternberg was talking to Stephen Bronfman as early as 2014. So we just learned and may or may not be true. So Stu Sturmberg went public last year, bringing Steve Bronfman to the World Series or the playoffs or wherever he brought him or the All-Star game, wherever it was, parading him around, 
like some petulant child. Look at us. We're going to do this split team, split city solution, and we've got ownership ready to go in Montreal to come in as partners for the Tampa Bay Rays. The limited partners said, wait a minute. Why are you doing that? We want you to be in Tampa because we're from Tampa, which Steven should recognize because he wanted the team in Montreal because he was from Montreal. But these limited partners in Tampa said, we're going to one-up you, Steven. We're suing Stu Sternberg. Steven said, I already did that. That's not one-upping me. Suing your general partner? That's a Wednesday. The limited partners of the Tampa Bay Rays announced yesterday that they are filing a lawsuit against Stuart Sternberg, claiming he swindled money that he negotiated with Montreal in bad faith, that he wasn't communicative with his partners, and that he increased his share in the raise in a way that was not part of the rule book. Hmm, sound familiar? It's deja vu all over again, Yogi. So what's gonna happen? Are you worried in Montreal that you're not gonna get the Tampa Bay Rays? Are you worried in Tampa? that they're gonna leave St. Pete and leave Tampa? Well, the mayor of St. Pete is certainly excited about this because he said, I've read this lawsuit with great concern. I feel as though Stuart Sternberg should be removed immediately. The power that the mayor of St. Pete has to remove Stu Sternberg as general partner of the Tampa Bay Rays partnership is the same power that I have to remove Stu Sternberg as the general partner of the Tampa Bay's partnership. It's not de minimis, it's de zilchness. But the mayor had an opportunity to speak publicly when mayors have opportunities to do it. They're gonna do it, trying to get some votes. So the partners are saying, I think that what you did wasn't very nice. Because you know what else you did? Wait till you hear this one. So when you own a partnership, the partnership has business. Part of the business of the partnership is to make money, right? Do we agree with that? Do you ever work for a company where they sit you down beginning of the year? We have goals for this year in our partnership. And one goal we have is not to make money. So I want everyone to work as hard as you can. Get out there. Don't give me just nine to five. Don't spend your day on the internet. I want you to work your tuchus off and don't make money. Does that happen in your place of work? Hey, take a break. Go to the break room. You want two hour lunch? Done. Three martini lunch, please. Remember, we're not trying to make money. Oh my God, you're announcing a sale? No, no. You better screw that up. We don't want sales. I've never come across a company like that. Every company I know, their goal is to make money. So when a partnership makes money, here's what happens. The profit that a partnership makes, the general partner has two choices according to the rule book. Each rule book can be different, but according to most rule books in baseball, the general partner can choose to distribute the profit to his partners and himself because every general partner is also a limited partner 99.9% of the time. Or you can keep the money in the partnership and use it to buy more truffles because you have extra money at the end of the year, that's called profit. You take that money, you can pay down debt, you can buy more truffles. You can use it to 
invest in a stadium. You can use it to invest in whatever you want. That is the business of your partnership, or you can distribute the profit to your partners. Guess who doesn't give a flying rat's bum what you do with your profits that your partnership has? The government. The way partnerships pay taxes, and this may have happened to you in your life sometimes, and it totally sucks when you pay tax on what's known as, quote, phantom income. Phantom income is income that a partner shows on his K-1, which is a tax form, whatever, meaning the company made a million dollars and there are two partners. Let's say they own the same amount. The tax return will show each partner making $500,000 in income. There's a tax to that. Let's say your tax is 40%. You owe the government $200,000. The government doesn't say, hmm, where are you getting that $200,000 from? They don't say, hey, which is for horses. Did your general partner give you the $200,000? to pay the taxes? Did your general partner give you the $500,000 of the profit of which you're gonna take 200,000 to pay for taxes? That'll leave you with 300,000? The government doesn't care. They want their 200 grand. But what happens when the general partner wants to buy within the rules truffles? And he uses the whole million dollars. Uh-oh. That means the limited partners have to pay $200,000 from other sources of income like the other businesses they have, or they have to borrow the money, or in the case of several of the partners of the Tampa Bay Rays who had no money, they said, wait a minute, I can't afford to pay the 200,000. And Stu said, no problem, I'll buy your shares. Because I've got the 200,000. And then all of a sudden, Stu Sternberg went from owning 15% to 18 to 20 to 25 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 70. And guess what magic number Stu Sternberg owns today? Uh-oh, it's magic, just a little magic when I'm with you. He owns 75% of the team, roughly. Maybe it's 78, maybe it's 82. Who cares? Guess what 75 means? Oh, yeah. When you're a 75% partner, you get to tell the general partner, I agree with everything you're doing because I am the general partner. And I've got enough shares in limited partnership to do whatever I want. And I want to negotiate with Montreal. Totally separate issue if he negotiated when he shouldn't have been violation of the Tropicana lease. If he did that, the limited partners, even though they only own 25%, they can still say you breached your fiduciary duty because we have no place to play. We're going to sue you for breach of fiduciary duty, which means you bought too many truffles. (laughs) What a mess except not for Stu. It's a mess for baseball. It's a mess for the limited partners because they have no stadium. They have no two city solution. They have a lawsuit that MLB now has to deal with because believe me, MLB gets involved. They're gonna be deposed. They're gonna be conversations. They may have to testify. Like in our arbitration, we had to have people testify from the commissioner's office. Hey, did Samson ever tell you that he was trying to screw Montreal? Uh, Not that I recall. My right hand's in the air and I can't remember that because there's no way Samson would be stupid enough to say those words. Stu did nothing wrong. It's a losing lawsuit, an absolute losing lawsuit.
but he's being accused of swindling. I've got your back, Stu. You did nothing except not want to get your hands dirty. The National Football League. Remember we talked about Eugene Chung yesterday? That segment got a lot of attention. I got a lot of people on Twitter at David P. Sampson in my DMs talking about that segment. And my concept remains the same, which is the best way to get people hired is to get them qualified. The best way to qualify is to get them trained. The best way to get them trained is to start as young as possible. Eugene Chung is qualified to be a coordinator, an offensive lineman coach, whatever he was trying to be. And the fact that he was not the right minority, I lost my mind yesterday. I admit it. I lost my mind. I said the NFL is going to have to get involved. I may have said that in my inside voice. Did I say that, Coca? I can't remember. In any case, guess what happened? Update. NFL had a quote. Could you have written the NFL quote as a listener to Nothing Personal? My guess is you could have. Here's what the NFL said. That comment is completely inappropriate and contrary to league values and workplace policies. The NFL and its clubs are committed to providing equal employment opportunities to all personnel in a manner that is consistent with our commitment to diversity. What happens after diversity? You know it. Equity. What happens after equity? You know the word. Inclusion. Close quote. End of statement. I think they had that previously written already. NFL is going to investigate, though, and they're going to make Chung name names. You have to name names. I'm even more I'm even more serious about it today than I was yesterday that Chung owes it to future generations of potential NFL coaches to make sure the person who said that in an interview is no longer in a position to interview. And if he's not willing to say it, the NFL is going to make him say it. And then it's going to leak out. It's not even a wait to see, Coca. We're going to find out exactly who said this. And the NFL will have no choice. And they will do it with glee and delight. That person will be let go, suspended. And that'll be the end because then the NFL can have another statement, which will say, and this will be like in a month, let's say, the NFL and its clubs are committed to providing equal employment opportunities to all personnel in a manner that is consistent with our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we'll say on nothing personal. Didn't you just say that statement? Leagues are chasing their tails. They have to right now. They just have to. So that's my update on Chung. He's going to name names. NFL is going to deal with it. And boy, will they ever. Okay, something else happened in football yesterday that caught my attention, and I wasn't going to put it in the show. And then Coca had it in his rundown. Coca and I are talking about it. And we said, because we are CBS people, par instance, poor Matt and all, that it's the NFL. It's the NFL. And it's Aaron Rodgers. All right, I agreed. Aaron Rodgers made some comments, and when Aaron Rodgers talks, E.F. Hutton listens. Brian Gutekunst is the GM of the Packers, and it turns out that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like Brian too well. Aaron went on a show and said, I have nothing against Jordan Love. He's a great kid. I love him. He's great. I love Love. 
I love to love. Shailene taught me that to say. I say it like an actor now. I love to love. Danica taught me how to drive fast, but Shailene taught me how to act. And here's what I'm going to say while acting. I'm going to say, I got no problem with Jordan. I got no problem with the draft pick. My issue is about philosophy. I like when he says that. I like when anyone says that. I've got philosophical differences with you. What the hell does that mean? I don't agree with Kant. You like Plato? I'm a Socrates guy. We have philosophical differences. You think we should kick a field goal. I think we should go for a touchdown. I'm not sure that's a philosophical difference. I think that's the difference between competence and incompetence, but I digress. So he feels there's philosophical differences with the Packers. He wants to focus on character and culture, doing things the right way. Never said this in his 16 years. Is this about Matt LaFleur? I think it's more about the GM. What exactly is the goal for Aaron? To pressure the Packers into moving him? NGTH. To make his teammates back him up and do a mutiny on the bounty? To get rid of the GM? NGTH. To make sure that they get to call the play going forward on whether or not they go for it on fourth down versus kicking a field goal? NGTH. So what was the object of Aaron's game? He's playing a funny game, folks. The object is he wants everyone to make sure that his State Farm endorsements and all the other off-court business, including hosting Jeopardy, are not put into any Jeopardy by anyone thinking that Aaron is anything other than a great guy. Don't call me Machiavellian. That's not me. Don't tell me that I'm trying to get people fired. No way. Don't tell me I don't like drafting quarterbacks, white, black, brown, red, Asian. No way. I've got a reputation to uphold. People do that all the time, don't they? They start believing their own reputation, their own Q rating. They start believing they have to be who they're not because they're protecting the money because they need their money to live. And even rich people need to stay rich because they live a different life and they've got to keep up those expenses and keep the revenue coming. And you're not going to be playing football forever, even if you are Tom Brady. And even when you say that someone has more money than they could ever use in a lifetime, believe me, believe me, Aaron Rodgers is paying close attention to his post-football career, as he should. And when you're paying attention to your post-football career, you don't want to burn any bridges. So Aaron Rodgers is spending his time making sure that there is not one person in Green Bay, in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, in New York, in anywhere who can say, Hmm, I don't want to be associated with that guy. That's why Raj is doing what he's doing. I find that interesting, actually. I watched a great movie yesterday, and I mean great. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tower Records. If you've never heard of Tower Records, while you're listening to the commercials, please, GTS. We'll be right back. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you so much. Matt Coke and I are here every day. We try to be here every day. We're sort of addicted to being with you every day. We appreciate that you're addicted to us. It's a mutual codependent relationship. I think that may not be the right way to say it. I think it's just a codependent relationship because by definition, codependent, if you're codependent, that has to be mutual. Can you have a one way? That's just dependent. That's sort of like psycho. That's eh, eh, eh. Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. Richard Gere in Unfaithful. Anyway, what were we talking about, Coca? I do not remember. We were talking about something. Oh, I was reviewing a movie. So thank you very much for downloading and following and subscribing and paying attention to Nothing Personal. We have fun coming at you every day. One of the things I do is watch a movie every day. I love documentaries. I love everything but horror. I'll watch movies that are suspenseful but I don't watch horror movies, Halloween, stuff like that. I mean, who would watch a movie with Mike Myers? I'm joking. Do you know Coca has the biggest Mike Myers tattoo? Am I allowed to say that on the air, Coca? You can edit that out. And I don't mean Mike Myers as in Wayne's World, Wayne's World. I'm talking about the guy in the mask, the man in the iron mask. No, that's Jeremy Irons. Okay. Wait, we have to review a movie. All things must pass. They're not talking about gas. They're talking about tower records. In 94 minutes, you will learn how tower records started. You will learn the brilliance of its founder, the expansion strategy that ended up costing them their business, the way they operated that record company and the people with whom he worked in the executive office and the relationships he had with them. Familial, all positive, no issues there. No harassment. As a matter of fact, the one woman who is on camera all the time, she is clearly a woman who got an opportunity and worked her way to the C-suite and it's brilliant. The movie All Things Must Pass is directed by Colin Hanks. I think Colin Hanks is Tom Hanks' son, but I could be wrong. And if it is Tom Hanks' son, then you've talking about generational talent here. Russ Solomon is the CEO of Tower Records, the founder of Tower Records. I am asking you for 94 minutes because if you're my age, you went to Tower Records and hung out. It was a hangout place. When Tower Records opened in the village, I was living in New York, it was a thing, like a, a thing. Hey, I'll meet you at Tower. Let's go to Tower. Anyway, I'd like you to watch, even if you're young. If you've never heard of Tower Records, please. Thank you. All things must pass. I was very sad to see that movie end. I was very sad to see Tower Records end. Do you know where you have to go? Spoiler alert. If you want to go to Tower Records today, there's only one place in the world you can go to a Tower Records store. And no... I never went there with Ichiro. 
nothing personal pick of the day. I got a great DM from someone who said, why didn't you make this your five starts? The easiest pick of all time. It's perfect. It never loses. When a pitcher pitches a no hitter, he's not going to win his next start, especially if that pitcher's on the Tigers. That was easy. Although the Indians only won six to five. But guess what? In baseball, it doesn't matter. The Indians won the game. We're 72 and 47. 25 over. I'm back to NBA today because I'm going to watch both games. So I want to tell you about both games. I'm going to take both dogs. I feel like I'm going to go one and one here because Lakers minus one and a half has to be obvious, right? How could you not take the Lakers minus one and a half? Well, because the game's in Phoenix. And Phoenix is the number two seed. They're a better team than the Lakers. But AD's back. LJ is back. Suns are still a good team. There's no way the Lakers are going down 2-0. The NBA won't allow it. There's nothing they can do about this series. It's going to be a good series. I just feel like it's a sucker bet, Lakers minus one and a half on the road. So we're taking the Suns plus one and a half. Here's the second sucker bet of the day. How can the Mavericks be getting six from the Clippers when Luka Doncic is the best player on the court? Better than PG, better than KL, better than all of them. Porzingis is a great role player. The Mavs are a really good team. They won game one. There's no way they're winning both games, right? You don't go up 2-0 in LA. That would mean both the Clippers and the Lakers are going to be down 2 nothing after tonight. Well, not exactly because the Lakers could win by a point or the Clippers could win by five, and we're still winners. We're taking the dogs. Mavs plus six, Suns plus one and a half. We're 72 and 47. Okay. I got to talk about the Oakland A's. About 16 years ago, I went on a trip. It was a fun trip. I went to Portland, Oregon. I went to Las Vegas, Nevada. Went to San Antonio, Texas. I did all those things because we asked for and were granted permission by Major League Baseball to seek relocation of the Florida Marlins to another situs because we couldn't get a ballpark deal done while I was still negotiating the ballpark to get done in Miami. However, I needed to get a few victories with a few negotiating points. So I needed the people who I was negotiating with to think that we were going to move to another city. So we asked for permission, got permission, and then we took a road trip. Here's the thing about road trips when you're trying to move your team. They're actually fun. The reason they're fun is that you're going to a city and all they want is you. All of you. They want to show you how great their city is. They want to show you how supportive they will be. And more importantly, they want to show you that they can do for you what your current city cannot. And they're going to do it now. Landed in San Antonio, met with, met with a guy whose name is escaping me for the love of... <clears throat> oh, I got it. Nelson. Nelson somebody. That can't be right. I think it is right. I think there's a Nelson in San Antonio who couldn't have been a nicer guy. Sat me down and went through all the things that San Antonio has to offer. All the possibilities for local ownership, which was important. Because if you're going to move to a city, you want to have local ownership, contrary to how we acted in Montreal, because that local ownership was actually crap. But you want local ownership, you need a ballpark deal, you need a TV deal. So we had a presentation made to us. 
and the presentation. Nelson Wolf, how did you come up with that, Coca? Producer of the year. His name was Nelson Wolf. I, I, I can't even imagine how you did that. I assume you've got 10 monitors open and you Googled San Antonio Marlins and maybe Nelson gave a comment or something. I hope that I did go there in 2005. I may have the year wrong, but I don't think I do. It's really hard to get the year straight. Does anyone else have that issue? Did that happen four years ago or eight years ago? I don't remember. Anyway, so you show up to San Antonio, you have meetings, get back, leave town, go to Portland, show up in Portland, get driven around, get shown stadium sites. They talk about where they are with their financing plan for a ballpark, what the size of the TV market is, what conversations they've had with potential broadcast partners. Then you go to Vegas. You leave Vegas for last, of course, because then you can tell your owner, man, these Vegas meetings are going a long time. We're going to need an extra two days for sure. Not true. Not true that I didn't say that. That is true, but not true that you need the extra two days. Why am I talking about this? Because word came out yesterday that the Oakland A's are going on a road trip. And do you know where they're going? They're going to Portland and Vegas. They're going to the same place as I went 16 years ago. And they're going for the exact same reason that I went. And they're going to have the exact same meetings, potentially with the same people if Nelson's still around, if they go to San Antonio. But they'll meet with the same people in Portland. They're going to hear that Portland's ready for a major league team. They're ready. They've got a financing plan that's a quarter baked, to which I would respond, it's got to be at least half baked. And what I really mean is it's got to be totally baked, a concept they're not foreign to in the Northwest. Nor should they be. Why would they want to be? Have they made progress in 16 years? No, because here's how the progress would be shown. They would make a presentation to the owner of the A's, and they would have done it long ago. And it wouldn't have been sanctioned. It would have been secret. Do you know how many people contacted us to move the team before we saw permission to move the team? Every city that had a deal, every owner in a city, every person in charge of bringing baseball to a city, they contacted me and they said, can we talk? Are you ready to talk? How's negotiations going in Miami? I see they're not going great. Every time there's an article about a hiccup, you get a phone call. The Oakland A's have had so many hiccups that they've got enough air in their tummies to last a decade. That's how many hiccups they've had in their stadium quest. So cities would be contacting them to say, we're ready. Here's the ballpark deal. Here's the land. Here's the local owners. Here's the season ticket holder waiting list. Here is the broadcast deal. Here's the naming rights deal. Here's what your revenue is going to be. We're ready to roll. We've got the votes. All we got to do is go to the commission. We need six votes in the commission, and we've got six right now. By the way, off the record, we've also called MLB and told them that. You think Portland's done that? You think? What about San Antonio or Vegas? Vegas will never do that. Vegas just says they're ready, and they bring in showgirls. And they tell you, don't you want to be in Vegas? And you say, yeah, yes, I do. I actually loved Portland. Portland happens to be a great city. It's got everything you could ever want. It just doesn't have the possibility of luring a relocating team because John Fisher, the owner of the A's, has a little bit of a difference than we had 16 years ago. 
their relocation fee could be up to a billion dollars. Why do I say that? Because the rumor is the expansion fees are going to be a billion dollars. And if you're going to relocate to a city where there could be fighting for expansion, or maybe you're going to relocate to a city that is right for expansion, but you're going to take it up with a relocation, guess what's going to happen? You got to pay a big fee. There's always a relocation fee, but back in the day, 15 years ago, it was a much smaller fee. There was no relocation fee with the Expos to Marlins because the Expos didn't relocate. There was no relocation fee when the Expos moved to Washington because guess who owned the Expos? Baseball. They weren't going to find themselves or charge themselves a fee. <clears throat> the fee only works when it's from an outside person bringing money to the owners. So John Fisher, the owner of the A's, will have to pay a huge sum of money to go to Portland or Vegas, which means when he's meeting with them or when he gets phone calls, by the way, their team president did exactly what I did. Do you remember when I went to uh, the opening series in 06, it may have been, and it was against the Astros and I wore a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and I knew I'd be on camera because I sat in the stands and when I would sit in the stands, I'd be on camera as opposed to hiding in a booth somewhere in a suite. I did that to try to get people in Miami to step up. So the president of the A's is a guy named Dave. Dave did an Instagram post. God, if I had social media back then, uh-oh, it would have been quite something. I probably would have gotten absolutely canned way earlier than I did. He tweeted himself or Instagrammed himself, whatever the case may be, at the Golden Knights hockey game. And if you know anything about hockey in Vegas, you know the Golden Knights are a huge success. I think they went all the way to the cup in their first year. They sell out. It's outstanding. Everyone's excited. They don't know if they'll sell out football because there haven't been fans allowed, but they will. It's only eight dates. Baseball is trying to get to Vegas. There's no doubt about that. I have no idea what I was just talking about, Coca. I just had a moment because I had something come into my head. So I'm just going to tell you exactly what came into my head. Oh, Dave, I'm going to tell you what came into my head also, and thank you for reminding me about Dave. So what came into my head is that when you are posting something and you're in the middle of a relocation process, it's as purposeful as what I was doing trying to get on the news. And Dave has been working with John Fisher to get this ballpark. He's the face of the new ballpark. He's the one who's having the meetings. He posts a picture of himself at the Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey game, just saying what a great time it is, blah, 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 with a little video of everyone cheering. You think the people in Oakland and the politicians in Oakland aren't paying attention to that? Of course they are, on purpose. Okay. All I want to say is that the A's are going fishing right now. And they're not going to catch anything. Because the price won't be right. The deal will not be right. So wait to see is when I say something's going to happen and then it does or it doesn't. But either way, I revisited it. I think on yesterday's show, Coco, we went through a bunch of old wait to sees that had come true or not come true. But just so you know, we keep track. But yesterday, something happened even more telling. I had a wait to see for the show that I was going to give you and I never got to it. And the wait to see is that the Bucks Heat series is going to go seven but I didn't say it on the show, which means it wasn't official. Last night, the Bucks crushed the Heat, crushed them. They're up 2-0. Guess what? 
A basketball series, playoff series, doesn't start, as Pat Riley always says, until a team wins on the road. Not in a bubble. I'm not sure this series is going seven because the Bucs are a better team and the Bucs are my pick to win the title. However, in the interests of being fair, in the rundown, in the piece of paper that I look at that has just sentences, not what I'm going to say or do, or sort of has the order that we're going to cover stuff. I said Bucks Heat going seven. So wait to see Bucks Heat going seven from yesterday. Make it official. But the wait to see today, we're talking about the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are going to talk to you now. They're going to start releasing statements. They're going to start releasing cryptic social media messages. They're going to start releasing letters to here, letters to there, letters almost everywhere. And when they go visit, Portland. And when they go visit Vegas, they're going to meet the media because the media is always waiting for you when you go visit these towns because they love it. They're cities, not towns. Everything that is said in front of the media is purposeful. As you're trying to accomplish your deal in your home territory that you already have, which would be Oakland. Wait to see. The Oakland A's will visit Portland. They will visit Vegas. They will meet the media. There will be leaks about the meetings and how they went. Wait to see. The Oakland A's are not moving to Portland. Wait to see. The Oakland A's are not moving to Vegas. It's just business. Sorry, MGM. It's nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.